0: Hi guys. Welcome back to Corner Taking Quickly. Today I'm joined by with uh Dipit and Rebel. And we have a lot to discuss. A lot has happened since our last podcast. But firstly, how are you guys doing? Yeah, not bad, not bad. How's how's everyone? Yeah, it's been good guys. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, but let's before we start, a moment of silence or close. Ole Gunnar Shockstar lost his job yesterday or today. And uh as as the Liverpool fans did with the David Moyes statue. Let's thank him for his services to Liverpool Football Club.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, I
2: think yeah, he's three three wins at Old Trafford whilst he was there. We we owe him a lot. He gave us some fun fun memories. You know. I've, I've never known times like this and when when he was at Old Trafford.
0: Uh, yes, definitely yes. I think since you Rebel, you grew up, you grew up in England, right? Liverpool, a Liverpool fan, right? Yeah, yeah. Especially for us two who, who, who have felt the abuse and, and and the the bullying almost of Chelsea, United, and you know, even sometimes Arsenal fans. That's how bad we were as kids. Yeah. I hope you're savoring these moments <laughs> as oh, much as I am.
2: 100 percent, hundred percent is. Seeing United this bad is just refreshing. It's I, I I never want this to change. I never want it to go away.
0: I don't know me neither, man. And not only are United playing horribly, like what the hell was that result? Four one, and even we played even we played even better. Like that result, everyone was saying, "Oh, Arsenal are finally going to give us a uh, a match." People were coming out with you know fifty fifty elevens, where like there's actually more Arsenal players than us. But trust Arsenal, come to Anfield and we have to end up on their ass. I mean, that's just, it's become a tradition. <laughs> so someone has to put them on their ass. If it's not Bobby, it's Jota or Salah. But Dipit, how did you find the Arsenal game?
3: Yeah, it was amazing, right? Like, as uh, you were saying a lot of people who were, again, they don't learn, right? They were trying to say that this time they can get something from Anfield. But again, this has become a norm under the club, right? Arsenal, when they come to Anfield, and it does not like, uh, I don't even feel anxious about that game anymore. Arsenal at Anfield used to be a big game, but now I feel like it's just another game because they haven't been able to perform at Anfield, right? But, you know, fair play to them, they weren't that bad in that game. But we were very clinical again and uh again, uh, you know, Arteta can put that into his C V that he shouted at Club just like Lampard. And I think that really helped the game. Uh, after that, yeah, all the people there they got really, you know, fired up. The atmosphere was amazing after that. And again they don't learn and uh it's like norm every year, four zero, three zero drumming at Anfield. That was amazing. I was like very ecstatic.
0: Yeah, it's it's the circle of life now for new managers. They have to now shout at Klopp. I mean it's Lampard did it and he he thought he was and we all know what happened to Lampard and now it's it's Arteta's next in line, so what did you think though, Rabil of Trent's performance? How good is Trent?
2: He's I mean, it's, it's, the focus is always going to be on Salah this season because of how good he's been. But I'd say otherwise, Trent's been um just he's been so impressive. He's been so so impressive. He in I mean, the first half when when we were struggling, I I made observations to to my brother that one reason was because we weren't seeing the Salah Trent link up the combinations. The Arsenal was stifling a lot of that, and I was a bit worried as I, it was like you know they're keeping him quiet. But then, I mean, the turning point was obviously Arteta thinking it was a wise decision to go off the clock at Anfield. And then when the volume just rose, like, Liverpool kind of rose with it, and Trent stepped forward, stepped up into the game, and he was the one who was kind of spearheading it. First you saw that cross that, um into the box that where Thiago took a shot and the keeper saved it, and then Marnie missed, uh, the follow-up got saved. And then there was a moment, like a seconds later, where uh, Trent again cut inside Ramsdale saved it Second half You know when we were Pressing them high up Higher up the pitch Trent was involved in that He was He was our best player He was um, He's been out of this world This season um, And I just Yeah it's just unbelievable How young he is I think he's like what 22 maybe 21, 22 He's an insanely good player Insanely world class Athlete um, And it's, it kind of speaks volumes that teams can shut him up for about 10, 20 minutes, but he's so world class that he he just needs one moment to 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 produce something for someone else. And that's what he does. I agree with Dippit regarding the, this kind of, the absence of tension that you normally get with a big game. Um, I don't really have that with Arsenal anymore. Um, since Klopp came, we've beaten them, Three one on three occasions, four nil now twice, and five one um, at Anfield. We, you know, it's uh, it's we just we, you know it used to be the case few years ago during the Arshaven e- era where Arsenal would come to Anfield and just turn us over. 2010, 2012, 2013. You know, we, we just we never used to have that. We never really enjoyed it against them. Start of this decade, but since clock came in, it's just been. Um, one good game after the other against the I uh, Yeah, I just it was just such a comfortable game. yesterday. it was so comfortable. Like as soon as we scored, I thought, yeah, we're, we're home
0: now. Yeah, man. In his last ten Premier League games, one goal and six assists. Man, that's not normal. That's not even taking into account when Southgate just throws him in like he's a an eighteen-year-old, you know, fifty-seven-rated right back on career mode against San Marino where he gets like five assists every game. This guy, honestly, is unbelievable. But another player really that definitely turned the tide of the game for me was that tackle by Fabinho. The slider, when the Arsenal are about to go on the break, and it was very, very square game. That was an immense tackle. I think, honestly, one of the most, if not the most important, moment of the game. Have you ever seen... Such a good defensive midfielder for Liverpool like Fabinho has? Uh,
2: to be, to be fair, Mascherano was world class. Between 2007, 2009, 2010, Mascherano was a big part of that unbelievably good midfield we had. I think Fabinho is better, but yes, I'd say Fabinho is the first world class midfielder that we've had, defensively we've had since then. Um, he's, yeah, I agree with you, man. I know, I know what Taki you're talking about as well. It's on that counter, because Arsenal didn't really have a clear cut chance, but they had opportunity on that break. And but then as soon as I saw Fabinho st- uh, coming in, I was like, "There's no danger there." Like, like I said, there was actually no tension in that game. Like even when they had their moments, um, I thought Fabinho was just so comfortable. Uh, he was there for us. You're right. He was he was so good.
0: Yeah, probably. Um, the, was there a lot of action in the first 20 minutes on Arsenal's side? Like the first 30 minutes? I, I I heard that apparently they were. Um, they were kind of pressuring us. It's like I, can't, I missed the first that, thirty minutes, that, that, from that, the two. So.
2: Like, yes, sorry, excuse my language. That, that's bollocks. were we saying that they weren't, it, there was were, there was a thing that was happening that I, I didn't understand how we were letting Arsenal ball teams do to us, do this to us, which is they were passing it out of the back, and our pressing wasn't basically uh, functioning very well in the first twenty minutes. It, it was true that, that was happening, but they didn't have a clear. They had this one um, moment where the ball came in. And basically, I think it was Saka. He could have scored, but Ox got foot in the way. But that was it. They 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 weren't better than us or anything. We were. It was just us. We were very laborious. It was we were very slow with the ball. It was literally up until that clock. Arteta bust up that we were just making problems for us. Thiago was for those first twenty minutes. I thought Thiago was really sloppy as well. But then, I mean, like Dip it. I mean, like like I don't know. Like I don't think Arsenal were that good, were they?
3: Oh yeah, they they weren't that good, but uh they weren't that bad as well. Like I've seen, like Arsenal at Anfield, right? They have, they have some like in previous years they have been extremely bad, but they didn't do anything uh, uh anything badly. But I think we played them off the park. But again, uh first twenty minutes they were, as you said, they were they were trying to you know build up from the back. But again, I think that was the turning point that uh, Tata. When he tried to yeah, have some word with Klopp, but after that atmosphere so was amazing and players I think also they got uh, you know energized or something like that and they after that I Arsenal were not in the game we scored two goals beautiful goals and one thing that I need to like point out that uh, like after so many games I saw uh, you know that counter attacking Liverpool with Mane and Salah link up. That was so beautiful. The third goal that we scored, that Mane passed to Salah, it had brought back so many memory memories for me. Right? It I like I, I might be wrong, but I didn't see that kind of goals in previous games. It was like perfect counter attacking football. And that pass, that Jota, you know, it was a perfect team goal. It started with Allison, then Henderson, and that through ball by Jota, you know, header. That was amazing counter-attacking Liverpool at best. Like it brought back my, my you know uh, 16, 17, 18 memory that we used to rip apart teams on counter-attack.
0: Yeah, I mean what a shame Salah and Manil have problems with each other, right? Otherwise, that would have been much, much, much nicer. But um, actually, one of the things that, the last things I did see before going on the trip to go to the pub to watch the game was our lineup, and the first thing I saw was like. What the hell was that bench? I mean, aside from Minamino, of course. What is that bench? What did you think? I I was a little worried.
3: I don't know, man. Like, how can you see that bench and say that Klopp is not a world-class manager or Klopp has been backed? You compare this bench... Someone rightly pointed out right if you compare this bench with the bench Klopp had in his first game What improvement do you see in our team apart from the first 11 of course? They're world-class, but when you compare the bench that he had in the first game and the the bench that he had in the last game You can see the amount of money that has been put into this team Nothing He has not been given anything to work with and he has been performing miracles. And that's why I'm very scared of the day when he leaves, right? Because I don't see many more magicians out there who can do stuff what Klopp does. with, And I don't think anyone can do. uh, Now that we are right now in a transforming phase, right? Now, Chelsea, uh, I like, obviously say that again and again. When you look at the other benches we are competing with, it's not about 11 players, right? Uh, like, we, this is a team sport like, where substitutions are allowed. So, it's not just 11 players. When we look around and see the benches that other teams have, it's it's not even comparable. And someone rightly pointed out, like, we have world-class 11, but we have a mid-table bench. And I don't think that there is a correlation between them, and we can win the league with this or anything for that matter.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's not taking anything away from the bench players themselves, but Klopp built up such a, a world-class eleven. Like the drop-off is noticeable. Like Konate is a good player, Um is good, Hendo is good. Like Morton, they their youth, but the, the drop-off between the first eleven and the the bench is, is 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 very noticeable, what do you think robert uh,
2: yeah i I do agree with that um I think I think the thing with yesterday's one is because of the accumulation of injuries that have happened so quickly um, like that that bench was like i i I do think there's been an anomaly in that yeah, we won't see that bench that often, but the issue is. I mean, partly this. Is, I mean, I think the Klopp should. I mean, like, you know, perhaps Klopp and his team should have foreseen this. But all our options, particularly midfield, are all injury prone. Like there are some options who are who being injured that you can't account for. It's like it happens. Like, Firmino, Robertson, they don't get injured that often. So when it does happen, you're like, okay, we can deal with that. Um But the midfield, l- l- basically every player there has had some sort of big injury at that team. And so you, 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 you know. You have to account for that in some way before the season, and they didn't. They didn't obviously buy who they needed to buy. Um, the problem, the problem is, and I think Klopp is perhaps, um, maybe there's something to do with him, because at Dorman he always had a small squad. Klopp prefers small, tight knit squads, whereas every man fighting for uh, uh, each other over big, big, big ones. Um, and that's fine because we do have, in terms of player talent, right? Our bench is world class. The moment when, when they all fit. The problem is, they're never fit because they're all injury prone. But I see why Klopp and uh, even to the extent FSG are like, well, we, you know, why do we need to go out and buy the players when we've got world class players here? Because, you know, Cater, when he plays world class, Ox, when he's been playing this season, has been really, really good. I thought he was uh, really. I thought he was brilliant yesterday. I thought he was um, so good with his directness, with his driving, with his pressing. You know, I'm, I, the problem with the problem with Ox is that when you don't play him, that's when he loses it a bit. So I want us to keep playing him. I'm happy for us to put Hendon on the bench for a while and let Ox just play a bit. The issue is obviously, as you guys, as we point out on this podcast so many times, these players get injuries a lot. And this season is going to be really demanding, and you know that w- yesterday, w- yesterday could have gone very differently. If that bench was the bench we had against Man City or Man United, okay, not Man United against Chelsea or someone really good, we would have been in trouble. We were facing an inexperienced, a youthful Arsenal side, a, an Arsenal side who know what happens to them when it comes to Anfield. It's sort of like, well, there's no uh, suspense here, but that bench would not have been okay for us against the world class team. I think Klopp knows that as well. This season, we have a team that is genuinely good enough to win the league and the European Cup, but it's looking more like the fact that we win either one, not both. And that's really frustrating because last season, okay, I didn't expect us to win anything because of the injuries that happened to Van Dyke. As soon as that happened, you knew the season was effectively uh, over. But. We generally have a, a, a squad that's capable of winning these big trophies. And we're not a team, sorry, starting eleven. But what we don't have is a bench that's available. And, you know, it's it's so frustrating because, yeah, as Dip had said, you know, when Klopp joined Liverpool, we had a really bad squad. Now we just have one that's unreliable. You know, he, he isn't being backed enough. And when he is being backed to go sign a player, it's often at the, at the cost of, well, you have to sell this person. We signed Thiago, but on the basis that we knew we were losing, uh, one, not one out them. How is that fair? How is that right? That, that, that can't work like that. It can't work like that. You know, likewise, you know, there's a good probability we will sign Drew Bellingham, but what, at the cost of Salah, You know, or maybe someone else leaving? Thiago possibly going back to, to Barcelona? No one wants that. That's how, that's how to operate. And until they get out that mentality that, you can't always sell before you buy. Sometimes you have to just buy and keep and let the squad grow a bit bigger. Until they understand that occasionally you have to do that, you know, we're, we're going to be playing catch-up to Man City. Because this season we are doing that. We are playing catch-up. We are essentially, every game we play, uh, people say it's about keeping Chelsea in a sight. I, I still think it's City we have to keep in sight. City only a point or so off Chelsea. It's City we have to keep in sight. Because City look like at any moment they could just blow everyone away. So... That's on FSG. This season, if we don't win anything, it's it's on FSG, not on COP for me. It's on FSG. The midfield issues, they should have sorted it out at the start of the season. They should have been aware that we don't have a a, a, a correct midfield,
0: and they didn't. Yeah, I mean, the injuries have been horrible, but very interesting to point out. You know, all these injuries started as soon as they moved to the, the AXA training arena, which, which um, AXA are not... We're not big fans of over here, but I don't know what you mean. It's, it's honestly, it is frustrating because like, if you look at how good Klopp's done, and even, you remember that graphic of when we, before we played City, that since was it seventeen eighteen, 18, Klopp's actually won more points than, than Guardiola. But what do we have to show for it? We have one league to show for it.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's Champions League outside, which is, which is fantastic, but it's, It's like, it's relatively speaking. So if you ask someone, like, if you ask what a from 10 years ago, a club comes in, would you be happy with one league and a Champions League? Hell yes. But now we're, like, relative to how other teams are spending, relative to, like, how good we are as a team. I I understand. It's it's extremely frustrating.
2: If we... the, the, The thing that makes it frustrating is that, okay, you know when Chelsea won the league in 2017, right? They won it even though City had the best squad. Um and so it was like, okay, you know, we they took it they're like, Okay, well we we love this we not we don't expect more. But with this one, it's the reason is yeah, I agree with you. Ten years ago I would have taken this any day but it's frustrating because we have the best eleven, arguably, in Europe, along with City. Look, I think Luke that, Liverpool City had the best starting 11 in, in Europe. You can make a case of who was the better one. Because sometimes, you know, on any other day, you know, Cancelo's the best left back in the world, any other day, it's Roberson. It really depends. They will have squads. PSG, Bayern Munich, City, Chelsea, even United. They will have squads that we don't have. And. Yeah, if, if Scott leaves just one league title and one European Cup, yeah, well, I'll always remember him for 2019, 2020. And I won't blame him for what we didn't win further, but I will be so pissed off at FSG because you'll be thinking, well, if well, one should have been dominating Really and truly, we should have been dominating English football.
3: Yeah, that's what, I'm, uh, that's what I wanted to say. Like, whenever we judge a period, you know, like, in club's history, right? We judge it, How many titles we won under that manager or under, in that period. And the main thing is that I think we could have had at least one, at least one more league title in this period. But only if we had few more players. And when, like, I don't think like we get a manager like Jürgen Klopp for a very long time now after he leaves and I hope he does not. And maybe I'm wrong and hopefully that I should be wrong. There is downhill from here only as well, right? So, I just want that he should leave with at least two titles to his name so that we can, you know, because the team that we have, we dominate teams, right? We we could have easily dominated, dominated English football, but the resources that... We have, or that is being put into this team, is very minimal, and I I don't I don't know like if you guys have seen the graph, and uh, I I don't know if I'm quoting the correct figure, but it says that we can still spend 280 million without breaking the FFP.
0: Yeah, I saw that one, but I think those figures maybe uh, what, what what would they be based on i'm not sure if i'd love them to be true since i mean maybe we're going big but
3: that means that we haven't spent
0: i know but like the way they operate is that they like they don't want to be taken quote-unquote taken advantage of so yeah, you know, who knows maybe they're maybe they're trying to make it seem like you remember what um Arsenal did before they bought Pepe. We have no money this summer. They only have 30. Yeah, yeah. And then they bought 70 million on. It's very easy to like to say, oh, you're Liverpool. Add 20 million onto that. Just as a premium for being Liverpool. Mm-hmm. But, honestly, if, as long as they re-sign Salah to a deal, I, I wouldn't like, if they don't sign anyone, just, just get, just get Salah. Salah and Mari, just sign them up again. Right. Like, it's not Yeah, a, and
3: there should even be a debate, right? Just give him what he wants. And this thing has dragged on for so long now. And like Rabil said, Mani's uh how many months left on Mani's contract, right? Like eighteen? Twelve?
2: Yeah, similar, similar to
3: Salah. Yeah, and and we there is no like news uh, whatsoever like Salah news has gone cold. Like there is no no one comes out and says like he's on the verge of signing or something like that. I I believe that he would have signed up till now. Maybe they are just delaying the announcement. But it looks like that maybe he hasn't. And he, he, I don't know why. Like this uh, this shouldn't be a matter of debate debate as well, right? He he deserves whatever he's asking. Just pay him like he's what like there can be an argument can you can make argument about if this is right or not but right now he's the best player in the world and uh, who else uh, like if not Salah would want to come to Liverpool right now and uh, can be considered as the best in the world. Of course, like, we have the best player in the world. He wants to stay. And, you know, it's such a big change. It's a drastic change. I remember, like, we have all grown up uh, as a Liverpool fan, right? Like, when the best players wanted to leave the club, right? They wanted, they used this club as a stepping stone and wanted to go to Real Madrid or Bayern or Barcelona to, you know, to... uh, Just use it as uh, this club as a stepping stone and just, you know, to excel in their careers. But now, when you have the best player in the world and he wants to stay, it's such a refreshing thought. You know, it's it's such an amazing thing to see that he wants to stay as well. He doesn't want to go to Real Madrid now. He doesn't want to go to Barcelona because he knows that right now we are really one of the best in the world. But why won't you just then sign him and tie him up to a contract?
0: I know it's, it's it's honestly it shouldn't even be a debate. Like, do you think Chelsea fans are and Man United fans? United fans, they got freaking their window was Sancho, Varane, and even on top of that, the return of of, of Cristiano Ronaldo, and they're still giving their own shit.
3: Yeah, <laughs> I don't even I don't even like why? What are they like? Uh, protesting about man like Joel Glazer spends every summer name me one summer that I didn't spend he spends every summer it's not his fault that players are not performing or if you had a subbar uh, manager imagine these uh, that's what I told you right imagine them as a you know if they were Liverpool fans they would have been like they would have lost their uh, sorry for my language shit
0: with FSG Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a fair point. They would have an aneurysm or something, like, I don't see, I I don't see it, but, well, I guess it's, it's upon us now. Jota has an injury and, who's gonna be watching African Cup of Nations now? Just, not because they enjoy it, just, just with fear. About any injuries that are gonna happen. Because at the moment, they only missed two games, right?
2: More
0: than that, maybe. Is it? it? Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. But but I think now we have the Porto game coming up, and I honestly, I'm really excited to see who clubs are going to play because now let's hope that our, our young kids can transfer their 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 um, League Cup exploits to tackle Porto. I think that'll be a real trial by fire for most of them. You have the likes of Tyler Morton, Connor Bradley, Owen Beck. I
2: think he'll I think he'll probably play some of them along with like like some um experienced players just just for like just to guide them through it. Like I like I imagine Milner if you see it um, no. maybe Robertson you know, like he, he, yeah, you need a mix of it. I think mix of some players who are fit and like they can help the players through. Because otherwise, if you play too many youngsters in that game, they'll just, they'll just get a mauling.
0: Yeah, I think matter plays. I think to be honest, I, I would, I'd put Kelleher or something.
1: Yeah, I mean I think she can break.
0: You know, you reckon? You reckon? Um, uh the G- Gareth Bale's Karim uh, mode region is gonna feature. Right, say that again. Mm-hmm. Eric Bales, yeah, he did it yeah. He did Got it. Uh, Nico, uh, Nico Williams. Oh, man! <laughs> I swear, the, the, the amortization of of Nico Williams now on Twitter is like that story. You know how um the, the the story is that mermaids came to be like a folklore because when sailors are at sea for so long, the fish the fish start to look, look good to them, and this is like us so many <laughs> stories. But for some reason now at this point, also even to me after he scored, you know, Nick Williams is not that bad of a left winger. What are we saying? Are we? This deprived.
1: Yeah, I think we
0: are. Yeah. We're on these days, aren't we? Honestly, I'm all for it now. Like I've, and it's it's.
2: You know what I was really happy about uh, against Arsenal. Again? Minamino scoring within 48 seconds. I jumped up and screamed. Even though it was even I was the fourth goal, I was so happy that he scored.
0: Uh, you see, like if I didn't, if we don't accomplish anything in this pod, at least I've converted another Minamino member.
1: <laughs> my
0: my cult for some reason. But yeah, I'm, I was so happy as well for Minamino. I want to see both of them. Minamino and divakara finally um. Formula. I sent you remember the uh, FA Cup game versus Norwich where Minamino and Divok went on a on a rampage.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I sent I sent a message to like some of my friends uh, I talk football with. Firstly, my Minamino shirt it's finally not a waste of money from last year. <laughs> and then I said Minamino shirts of twenty nineteen will be like Bitcoin in two thousand nine. <laughs> so Stevie G is back and um have one win after one what do you guys think how's he uh, how's he going to do i hope he does good <laughs> that's that's all i want now, right
3: thing is that's what i was telling to ravi right uh, for me i really love that guy like like most of us right and i really want him to do well and and for the first time I saw a full ninety minutes of Aston Villa game in which Liverpool were not involved, and surprisingly, I really liked it like i you know it's like like most of us like I didn't see most of Rangers, but now he's in Premier League. I'm very super excited, I just want him to do well. And all these talks of uh, Gerard taking over Klopp, I really want that to happen. I swear to God, I won't take anyone else after Klopp than Stephen Gerard. Because, as I've said earlier, like, you know, Klopp is like, is like a god. And when he leaves, I don't think anyone else would be able to fill that void of reverence, right, within Steven Gerard. And I really want him to do well. But there's one question that I really wanted to ask. Like, it's one of the prominent questions, right? What is the level of success that you would want Gerard to achieve at Aston Villa that you would think that, yes, he's ready for Liverpool? Because it's very subjective, right? You can say that he he takes them to some European you know, into European places then he has done well or something
0: like that. But what, what do you think guys? Rabil Shafiq Well I think Stevie he's shown that Rangers he can energize the team, he can energize get the fans on side. And uh Michel with with his has manners on the pitch, remember with the I, I think though it just depends on on, on how his performance is. I love literally Stevie. He's probably my favorite ever Liverpool player, but I really don't want to go back to have have an Ole or Lampard situation. If Jared gets the job, it needs to be on his own merits. Like yeah, not like yeah. Steven Jared. But what looks pretty promising is that I remember before his first game, the tweet about um, oh God, Stevie's played Tyrone Mings. That must mean he doesn't know ball. So of course Tyrone Mings then. <laughs> The winner or something at the end, but I can't wait. Honestly, if if Stevie gets it, fantastic. But if not, so that's what I'm
3: asking. What's the level of success that you're looking at? Like, if you like, if he gets Aston Villa to European places, then you'll think that he has succeeded Aston Villa and he can come to
0: Liverpool, or what's? I would think first, as a bare minimum, he needs to. I need to get him into Europe and make life. It's like a project. Let him get his players in. I would say a Europa League, like a deep Europa League run as a bare, minimum. bare mm-hmm. minimum. Also in the Premier League I'd want to see maybe head-to-head versus managers like Klopp. Like the great, thing, the, 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 the great tacticians of Iraq like the mm-hmm. time moment like against the Bielsa. How, how does he deal with someone like Bielsa? How does he deal with A a, a, someone who parks the bus like Tukul. How does he (laughs) feel? Guardiola's possession. That's the number one thing of Klopp. Klopp always seems to have Guardiola's number. Steven needs to have something like that. He needs to be able to be, like, tactically switched on and be able to make adjustments. Not just, yeah, just sit there and look, like, helpless. Mm -hmm. Um, And there needs to be some, uh,
3: like... uh you know, pattern of play that is really visible. Like, we, like, for like, like Ole, we didn't know what he was trying to do. And uh, with Lampard as well, I think so.
0: Yeah, what about you, Bill? What's the bare minimum? What would you, what would you take? What would it take for Jared to come to Liverpool?
1: Um, I think, I think the thing is, the Villa job.
2: Whatever he does, there, it's sort of equivalent to the work Rogers was doing before he came to Liverpool. Hmm. In Fair point. So, so, yeah, so that's my concern. I think it, I, I agree with everything you guys were saying in that. I think yeah, you know, top six finishes, doing well in the Europa League. He needs to be regularly. He needs to be regularly, um, like beating in on-off games, one of the big teams. And, like, have a impressive style of football that shows that he's got an identity, he's got a blueprint, this and that. So all that stuff is kind of what will put, is what will make people excited and think, yeah, there is something there. Unlike Lampard and Ole, who had no credentials, because John does have that. You know, he went to Scotland, he stopped uh, Celtic, who were enormous at that point, um, from winning 10 in a row. He's, you know, he could do very well at Stambley, he could do all those things. But then even that, I think, it would simply establish him as not necessarily the right man for the job, but he's possibly good enough for the job, and that's the problem. You don't, you wouldn't know whether he you knew before. Klopp was definitely good enough for the job. You still wouldn't know that with Joel at Aston Villa. You just know that okay, he's a good coach, but is he going to be able to handle the title pressure or a Premier League team? Um, I honestly don't know because I. I think stepping in after Klopp would be a massive thing. I think I think it'd be near to stepping in after Wenger or Ferguson. I don't want that for him. So I think uh, after Klopp leaves, I don't think it should be Gerard anymore. I thought long and hard about this. In my, in my heart, says yes to, to Gerard, but rationally, because I want Gerald to do well, I don't want him to fail at Liverpool. What happened this week with Ole and everything has made me think a lot because because I don't want that happening to him. So I think if you know. He does work at Villa, but then he needs to, if I'm being honest, he probably needs to go abroad. I honestly think he should go abroad somewhere, like Italy, Spain, or somewhere in like Germany, somewhere like that. Take one of those, like, teams who aren't necessarily at the top, but like, scratching at the surface, and do something with them, and then come back to Liverpool, and then come back on Liverpool. Because then he could say, I've been in title fight, I've shown that my team's good enough, this and that. I don't think, I don't think Aston Villa is enough to say that, yeah, Gerald's the right man for the job. I think, we're, we're, we're saying that because it's Gerard, we want it to be the case. But I think that's even more of a risk. I want I want us to be as pragmatic about this as, as possible because it's Steven Gerard. Because it's Steven Gerard, I don't want us to be whole-headed about this. I want us to be as careful as possible, as calculated as possible. Because the one thing I cannot, that like my heart would just won't be able to fathom it, is Gerard being a man, drill flop at Liverpool. So I want him to be as ready as possible. I want the club to be as ready as possible. Um, I'm all. I know it's going to sound bad. I am all for Gerard going to Europe, right, to manage to say, I don't know, Napoli, Dortmund, Sevilla, whoever, right, one of those kind of clubs, whilst we take someone else after Klopp, and that manager flops so hard after a few years that Klopp, ha- that Gerard has to come in, that answer' going to sound really bad, because why would you want a Liverpool fan? I'm saying for Gerard, that's the only scenario in which I'd, I could think, yeah, he's the right man for the job, then I think after Klopp, it's massive boots to fill, and yes, Gerard feels boots bigger than anyone's at a local football club. But uh, I don't think Aston Villa is um, enough. To, if, if I'm being honest, it, 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 it would take something miraculous. It would—he t- would have to do something uh, almost akin to what Claudio Ranieri did at Leicester. Like, and, and, and mm. you know, there are exceptions. I would say, like for example, if he—if somehow Aston Villa qualified for the Champions League, right, or something like that. I mean that that'd be insane, especially if you throw Newcastle into the mix in a few years' time. So I don't know. I honestly before this podcast, like before today, I would I would have been like, yeah, Gerard after Clock. That's what I've always been saying. But seeing all Ole uh the Scholz I get get sapped has just made my head do a one eighty. Because United loved that guy. They absolutely adored him. Um and it's the way we love Gerard. So I don't ever want to be in a situation where we're having to be. Can you imagine that? Like, I wouldn't want that.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's true. Being in a title fight, like to learn what it means and how to manage a title run, it, it's an acquired skill. You could be a great manager and have great ideas, but something's just not cut out for you. Honestly, you it, Like, if, if I,
2: if I, like, I'm, I'm not just saying this because they're like my German club, right? Borussia Dortmund would be the perfect football club for someone like Steven John. Because most um, most people there understand English anyways. He wouldn't have that communication barrier that he had, say, that Gary Neville had at, at Valencia. They're a club who you don't expect to win the Bundesliga, but you do expect a challenge. All he would have to do there is go there, show his developing young players, show that he, he gets good results in Champions League, um, win a German Cup here or there. That is A club like that would be perfect for him. So, um, I don't think Liverpool is, is the next stop for him. I think he has one more stop to make and then he comes home to Liverpool. I think then, then, yeah. And to be honest, I, it would be perfect if he went to somewhere like Dortmund, for example, like that has more connections with Klopp and everything. But I just think he has to make one more stop at a club that is not necessarily a title winner, but a title contender in, in somewhere like Spain or Germany or France, but with passionate fans and stuff like that. Um, Cause I was thinking about it, who would it be? Who could he go to? What kind of clubs could he go to? Like if it was France, he could go to someone like Marseille, Italy, someone like Napoli, uh, Germany like Dortmund, Spain, Sevilla, clubs like that, and do something with them. That I think then would establish him as the the coach uh, for us.
0: Yeah, I think definitely he, he needs to. You're right. I think he definitely needs to earn. I think some of his his credentials. I think Dortmund as well would be would be a nice. Nice throwback, to, you know, how Klopp came to Dortmund, because it's, it's, it's similar fan base, it's similar mentality. Even, even the, um, the transfer policy between FSG and Dortmund, it's, it's pretty similar, but speaking of your know, transfer policy, the recent target from the summer at the Emmy has been almost matching Erling Haaland's scoring record in the Austrian Bundesliga. Would you take him first in, in, in January Or would you go for like a midfielder Or What would you take Ooh.
2: If we signed Haaland It would change everything mm-hmm. in, that, in the way we play Wouldn't it if it?
3: it will but then It's all hypothetical We can't sign Haaland like, There is no way First we won't spend Secondly his manager is Mino rival And I don't think Klopp ever uh, want to get into that stuff with uh, you know, no, with please. agents like that. Uh, he doesn't like agents who are like that, and I don't think he will ever sign a player who is managed by Mourinho because, of course, I don't think he really likes agents who come
0: out and say stuff. No, I meant no, I didn't mean. Maybe you missed I didn't mean to. I've given up on buying Haaland. I and mean, then should we sign Adiyami who's close to replicating Haaland uh
3: to be honest i haven't seen uh like uh him that much but the stats i've seen and some of the things i've seen on uh, twitter about him he looks really promising right but uh, i i don't think i have enough information to uh but for me like priority right now should should it, should be midfield right because i think now till the till clock leaves i think there should be a mask exodus of players because uh uh i think we are uh, in top six our squad is now they are aging together and we are every single player is you know touching 30 and I think before Klopp leaves, he has a major task in his hand that he needs to overhaul the squad before he leaves. And starting, I think we should start to get rid of players who are very injury prone, right? We can't have this now that he'll come good, he'll, you know, he'll play well. But if a guy's injury prone, I think we should start selling and buying players who are reliable and young. And I think Klopp has a major uh, task on his hand. Like he needs to overhaul the squad before he leaves because now this squad is collectively getting older, right? Every single player, like we talk about world class eleven, world class eleven, but every single player now they are touching thirty, and they are some players are beyond that. So it's not a young squad anymore, and we would need to replace those players now. And I think starting from january i don't know we'll if we'll do business in january It looks like we won't like every other time but from next summer window and till the clock le- till clock leaves i think we'll have two more or one more he will have to get new players and get rid of players who are injury prone and uh, i think i'll have to look at his injury record but i think if with the stats that i've seen he looks like a good
0: player so, yeah, so both of you five years in the future or let's see Klopp's contract ends he doesn't extend how would you want Liverpool to look as his final parting gift how would you want the team to look once Klopp leaves like, give me your starting 11
1: Oof. Uh, Okay
3: I'll start uh, of course I wouldn't want uh to change the goalkeeper uh, Allison in goal right back Trent that's easy I think left back I don't think we need uh, we have one of the best right backs and left back Robertson I think Van Dijk will still be playing here in his prime and uh, and Konate is young okay now we come to the midfield right mm. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, Rabil, do you think of players that you always wanted him to sign or something like that? For well, wow. one thing, I guess.
2: Fabinho could probably say Drew Bellingham.
3: Yes, dude.
2: Um, Drew Bellingham
1: and, uh, um, up front probably would be uh, Jean-Felix mm-hmm. Salah I think Salah uh, money. I'll keep them
0: Fair enough yeah, yeah. I think what I would do is I would go with Allison in the back then you have depending on how Van Dyke ages if he ages still like a fine wine I would still keep him but then then you also have gomez and Konate, Then you have trent simicas then you have probably fabinho how old is he fabinho is 28 so five years yes, i Echo. fabinho you have your jude bellingham and harvey and then you have salah you have who? i don't see Salah her money if they're still producing salah money and then up top up top who, who we got yeah, i up Jota, Salah Man, and Jota, or if Man is maybe going to go out replace him, maybe like an Adiyami or someone who like another, or like a Doku like or someone like it.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah, something like that, but I definitely... Yeah, I've always
3: uh,
0: admired day
3: and I think if he's there, or Rafinha, right? I would
0: want him at Liverpool. Yeah, Rafinha. But yeah, let's see, Rafinha not up Ten games, ten ten matches, uh, five goals. But actually, another person we're forgetting to mention is the darling or the 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 hatred of Liverpool Twitter in the summer transfer window. The personal favorite of Jared Jared Bowen himself, the man who caused oh. us so much pain. <laughs> you know, I never took Jared Bowen seriously until the West Ham Liverpool game. Perfect. Oh yeah, he he was he, he was good to be honest.
3: But um, I still don't rate him, man. I think it's still a purple patch. Maybe I'm wrong, but I haven't seen uh, like enough from him to say that he can come because he'll have a big shoe to fill, right? He plays it on the right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that's like like whoever comes there will have to be extremely good. But whatever I see of Rafinha, he's extremely, I think he's a club player. And he's been doing really well for the Brazil squad as well. And I I think uh, he should be on the radar. And uh, with Leeds performing extremely poor this season, if they get relegated, I think we can get him in the summer.
0: Yeah, Rafinha. Would you... So, would you guys take Rafinha... And Eddie Emi or Hey Jude. I get Bellingham in. Ooh, uh,
1: what, what do you what do you want to hit?
3: Uh, I would want uh, Rafinha and Eddie I think so. Because of course we need quality, but then we need quantity as well. So If we can get two, that'll be
0: good. It's, to be honest, yeah, midfield. I also he speaks volumes that Clock would, would give uh, Tyler Morton some minutes. It shows that he, he trusts him. So, you know, maybe we have our own, our own, hey, Jude. He's 19 is only a few years younger than Bellingham. Well, Bellingham's, oh, oh, God. Man, Tyler Morton is older than Jude Bellingham. Sweet. What? Yeah. Jude Bellingham, 20, uh, like right that.
2: makes sense because Bellingham broke when through he was like 16 or something
0: yeah oh my well, well there there goes my argument out the window but I think I would love Bellingham you, remember, you saw that goal he scored recently the one like the salah s goal the one where he, like, he dribbles almost the whole team and starts it in yeah
1: yeah 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 I saw that I saw that that was a very good finish
0: yeah. But again, I'm
3: just... I don't know how you guys, like, judge right now because, uh, uh frankly, speaking with Dortmund players, I really don't, uh, you know, I get the vibe anymore. Like, uh, of course, uh, they say, like, it's a very open league and uh, you perform really well. But, that like, what happened with Sancho, right? He's not just... He's not been able to, uh, you know, produce same numbers that he used to do in the league, in the German league, plus... Uh, yeah, and I've seen, like, there are a few examples when, they look very good when they play in the German league, in Bundesliga, but they are not able to do that well when they come here, uh, in, and play in the Premier League, so I might be wrong, but like, with Sancho, like, he was a hundred million, and he's still not been able to perform, and, uh, I'm just a little skeptical about Jude as well. Maybe he, there can be some, uh, same case with him, right?
2: I think with Bellum, because he does go for England, um I'm less worried about him. I think with Sancho, the thing is, he, he, he's gone to a club where there's no structure in how they play, and he's sort of just been kind of just thrown to the wolves in that. You know,
1: he's
2: playing with yeah, Ronaldo man. and players who just don't, like, help out at all he's just kind of suffering because of it but I think I think it's actually comfortable he wouldn't have zero goals and assists for example I think he would have higher contributions
0: you know 100% Mm. man you know how everyone talks about Bundesliga tax you're forgetting about the biggest tax there was in the whole Oli Oli tax yeah for that dude man in that team I feel like it's really counterintuitive to say Ronaldo is, is a problem but like I feel like if he played like he, he would have judged much better like a front line of like Rashford Greenwood and Sancho. I mean that all relatively similar age, but I think Sancho though with a proper manager he can he can he can he can improve like Havertz under under Lampard versus Havertz under Tucun. A marked improvement. But look, let, let I think all we can do now, we can just you know, they say it. Enjoy the moment because uh, after a while it's not gonna always be like this. I hope it will for united, sure. but I really hope so, mm-hmm. especially united but uh I mean they say it's 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 cyclical it, everyone has their moment, but we all we can do is just enjoy it so south who's who's up next Southampton right?
2: Things so, I believe so
0: yeah yeah we need to take there's a few clubs that have a few grievances against from last year and stuff happens one of them that game was just depressing to watch you remember last year with with the Ings chipping Allison from Mose? yeah yeah lobbing him oh yeah Has been little, uh, t- having tears of joy the dude is breaking down like he you know those people and they win the lottery.
2: See, I've, 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 I've mentally erased half those games.
0: Hmm?
2: I've mentally erased half those games from my mind.
0: Yeah, I don't see, quite a few have like, the bizarre ones for me, like Watford, when we lost 3-0 to Watford, that, that that, like, that, that, that doesn't register with me. The, the Aston Villa doesn't register. Like, it's the mundane games, like the Burnley one we lost, that, those are the ones that really hurt. Yeah,
2: yeah, because because they, because they, cause they just we, we were so incompetent during those games. That they just kind of
0: couldn't believe what you're seeing. Yeah, that's honestly it's almost like less frustrating if 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 we were bad almost than if we're like we're good but we didn't convert any chances. It's yeah, like let's okay. chalk it down to one of those days. How who'd you play Southampton now? Keeping in mind that we have midweek Porto. Who would you guys midfield and up front be?
1: Um, I mean the defense would be pretty much the same. Uh, I
2: would probably start Matip, and then midfield would be midfield. I'd probably do the same as I did. You know what? Essentially, the entire team that we did against Arsenal, I'd more or less keep that again. And against a Porto,
1: basically have Konate Henderson. Uh, Minamino, origi in there. Yeah,
0: how about you dip Oh, sorry, I didn't get the question. Who would you play in your midfield, defense up front for Southampton? Keeping in mind we have Porto midweek.
3: Um, but I, I, you know, the one point that I, I think if we lose to Porto, right, uh, Atletico can go to the Europa League. So, I wouldn't mind losing to Porto and play normal team, like uh, none of the starters, but and play the same team against Southampton. If Jota is uh, still like, he's okay, we can play Jota. But yeah, I wouldn't want to change anything against Southampton. But one thing I would want to do is, since we have now qualified, and of course, like even if we lose all the match, we'll qualify as first. I don't think we should give any weightage to the Champions League games now. But again, come to think about it, Klopp has already clarified that he would because he would need he needs money, not for himself but for the FSG, right? He told that when you uh, did you hear what he said?
1: Oh yeah, 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 yeah.
3: He said you I need to, uh, it's not up for it's not for me, but I need to play games and win Champions League matches because it gives money to the club. Now, <laughs> the, that guy has now become an accountant as well because he's so starved of money right now that whatever way he can get some money for the club, he tries to get. But I really wouldn't want him to play any important player in that game. And we have a Jota-like situation like last summer, like last season, right, where we said, "Why do we play in that Champions League me in this game?" And we wanted him in the league. So I would want him to rest every single, like, I would want him to rest Salah, of course. And I think he's been overworked. And Jota as well. For the Porto. And so that they can all come back for the Southampton game.
0: I honestly, I really hope he doesn't play the first team. After what happened last year, with with the Jota injury. Yeah. That's what. Don't say. Just now, one thing I was actually looking at our our, our loans out our loan loanees Harry Wilson is doing amazing for Fulham this year. He's still Just <laughs> oh, low. Just around. Oh No, not What's the matter with me? We sold him. Okay, I was gonna say. <laughs> yeah, I, but I was I don't know why I was looking at uh, 15 games, six goals, seven assists. Fair oh. play, you know.
1: Fair enough. Fair enough.
0: Fair yeah, I think he's he's been doing all right, but I kind of miss. I, I think we could have. I think we could have used him. You know, maybe he could have been like a Shakiri replacement, to be honest. But obviously, I didn't think he was good enough. So I guess that's the way it goes. Ah, I just want to finish off on one thing about um. But you know, Tottenham. I saw this tweet about. Uh, have you seen how Adele was uh, singing the Tottenham song? Right.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's yeah
0: well. the one singing, and the tweet above it, I, I, probably one of the funniest tweets I've seen in a very long time. No wonder all her songs are about crying.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Honestly, man, Tottenham are just always getting old
2: on on on, on Twitter.
0: <laughs> the Tottenham, they're just man. Everything about them, they're 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 just, uh, Spursy.
3: Starts with the badge, right? It's such an unconvincing badge to have a chicken on top of a ball.
0: A terrifying. Ooh, scary. Like, honestly, it would be even impressive at this point if Tottenham managed to break Conte.
3: (laughs) Of course, like, everyone who's gone there, like, uh, Mourinho had a record of winning trophy at every club he's went to. And then, of course, Tottenham happened.
0: Yeah. It's like that movie, you know, where where like the children are so horribly behaved that they drive each each like nanny insane or something. That's gonna happen. But so, guys, I think let's let's hope we we continue our winning ways. And I will speak after the Southampton game. Thanks for coming. Sounds good to me, guys. See you next.
3: week. Yeah. Good.
0: Take care, guys. You too, guys.